How we doing, church? Fair to Midland. That's what we're doing. Fair to Midland. I think we're still getting used to that, uh, that hour, that, that daylight savings hour from, from Satan. Just, just be honest. God's not in it. Um, I'm so glad that you're here today. Uh, I want to take a minute. I want to welcome everybody who is watching online. Come on, church, can you put your hands together and welcome everybody who's watching online. Online, we love you. Uh, so, so glad that you're here today. I am just uh, really, really thankful and excited about what God's doing uh, in our church right now. What, what, truly, what an amazing season it is and has been uh, over the last few weeks, the last few months, over the last year. We're coming up almost on a year of us being in our new facility, which is really fantastic. Yeah, what a great, man, so thankful, so thankful for what God's doing I'm thankful for you as well. Thank you for praying. Thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for everybody who's serving. Don't we have the best volunteers? Come on, church. Can we take a minute? Let's honor our volunteers today. <laughs> serving in all the different areas. Man, what a, what a good place. Huh? It's just great. It's just so much fun. I just love being here. I love doing church, and I'm really, really thankful for it. Uh, core night is starting this week, okay? So, uh, we're working on our core, all right? It's core night. Core night. Yeah. Getting strong right here. Going to get some spiritual abs. Or an ab. One. Uh, that's what we're doing. That's what core night's all about. We're, we're, we're really wanting to develop from the inside out. And, and so as a church, we're just committed to resourcing you, helping you, being with you as you grow in every aspect of your life. And Core Night's a big part of it. We already have almost 70 people signed up for uh, Core Night, which is really fantastic for the different classes. That's cool. That's really, really cool. And uh, I want to encourage you to, to be a part of it. Parents, I know, I know we talked about it during announcements, but parents, get here for the parenting class. Um, if you are a parent, you need help, right? Like this, you know, and if you don't know that you need help, then you really need help, okay? Because you, you don't even realize how bad it is, okay? So, um, no, I'm just kidding. But get here, for, get here for that. And then the Enneagram class uh, with our friend, Jen and I's friend, Jim Gum, phenomenal. He, he really unpacks what drives you in your relationships and then helps you, helps you understand how to bring those to the Lord and let God help you with those things and for us, Jen and I, we, we went through some coaching with him a couple of years ago. We're always trying to find ways to strengthen our marriage. And we did this a couple of years ago. And I'm just telling you, it was absolutely uh, life-changing. And so I want to encourage you to do that. Uh, there's a cost for, for both of those classes, I think. But never let the cost hold you back. If you're like, man, I really, really want to do it, but I, I, I don't have the resources, we will help you. Okay, we will cover you. But I want to encourage you to be a part of it. It's going to be fantastic. And if you believe it, say I do. Okay, all right, well, jumping into our content today, we're in this series in, in the book of Matthew, okay? So we're going through the gospel of Matthew. It's the first book in the New Testament, and we're, we're looking at this idea of, wouldn't it be cool if we could meet Jesus? Like, wouldn't that be kind of just a cool thing? Like, wouldn't it be cool if we could walk with Jesus, if we could have seen Jesus while he was here? Wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be a neat experience? And of course, the answer is... Yes, of course it would be. It'd be amazing. And what Matthew is doing, Matthew is giving us a front row seat to Jesus's ministry. And he's helping us understand what Jesus 
is all about and what Jesus came to bring. And, and it's all done under this context of Matthew being this tax collector who had betrayed his people and sold himself out to Rome and, and had, had found his life, although very rich in resource, very weak in meaning. And so Jesus shows up to him while he's at his tax collector's booth and says, come, follow me. And Matthew, in a moment of revelation and understanding, says, I think that's what I need to do. And he leaves what this world would say is valuable, and he begins following Jesus. And Jesus takes him on this incredible journey where he gets to see Jesus and he sees Jesus minister and preach and heal the sick and transform people's lives. And God does amazing things through Jesus and Matthew walks away changed and Matthew writes this gospel to help us experience it as well. And so we've been going through this uh, since the beginning of the year. And uh, in the last several weeks, we've been in this place called the Sermon on the Mount, all right? This is Jesus' stump speech. This is where Jesus shows up, and wherever he's going to go to a different part of the, the country, he's going to be like, hey, this is what I'm about. This is what the kingdom is all about. And he walks people through what is the kingdom of God. A couple weeks ago, we talked about desire, and that was everybody's favorite sermon where we talked about lust, anger, and lying. So uh, everybody loved that one so much. Um, and and uh, so we talked about desire, and, and now what Jesus is going to do, as he always does, he's going to go even a little bit deeper. He's going to go to motive. So not just desire, but our motive, what's actually driving who we are and what we do. Desires are what steer us. Motives are what drive us. And Jesus wants to deal with that. And in the Sermon on the Mount, he's going to talk about us doing the right things for the right reason, and it has everything to do with living for an audience of one. So if you're taking notes, that's going to be like our, our, uh, our idea today. Uh, we're going to be talking about living for an audience of one. What, why are we doing this thing called Christianity? Because Jesus is talking to us about all of these important things in Matthew chapter 5, Matthew 6. Like, hey, all of these things really matter, but why are you doing them? Make sure you do them for the right reason, not just to be seen by others. Okay, now this is a really good word for our culture, right? Because our culture likes to be seen, right? I mean, I think this has always been true, but it is especially true today. You know what I'm saying? Here's my lunch. Snap, put it on the gram. Want everybody to see it. Here's my vacation. Snap, put it on the ground, make sure everybody sees it. Okay, maybe TikTok people, oh, hey, it's your boy coming at you. Just, just wanted to take a few minutes, talk to you about my latest thought and the latest thing because you need to know. Here's my take on the gritty, okay? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. We're going to sanctify this moment. All right, let's just prove this. Let's prove this for a second. We like to be seen. How many of you, this is on, you've got to be honest now. If you're not honest in church, God will kill you right here. He will kill you right here. How many of you have made a post on whatever social platform you prefer and you went back later to see if someone liked it or not? Come on, raise your hand. Just, okay, good, honest. We're being honest. We're going to make some progress today. How, how many of you were ever disappointed when you saw how many people did not like your post? Come on, raise your hands. 
gut-wrenching. Like just rips you apart. Oh my goodness, four likes? That post was brilliant. <laughs> we like to be seen. We like to be seen by others. And, and what Jesus wants to, to key in on is, is, hey, as it relates to your spiritual life, make sure that what you do is not so that others will see it, but that God will see it. And, and this was true in Jesus's day. And he's gonna talk about this idea of an, of an actor. He's gonna talk about this idea of a hypocrite, a stage actor. Um, and he's gonna key in on this because uh, this is really, this is something that in Jesus's day uh, was happening with the Pharisees. And of course, you know, movies are really great. We love movies. Any movie bus? Come on, anybody like a good movie? All right? Okay, I just wanna, this is a little bit risky, but okay, I want you to just tell me, what's your favorite movie? Anybody just throw it out, what's your favorite? Please keep it appropriate, first of all, okay? Keep it appropriate. Your favorite movie, best movie of all time. Just, wow, I can't hear anything. This is, that's crazy. It, you know what it sounds like up here? Bad idea, that didn't work. <laughs> Forrest Gump, okay, I heard that one. I did hear that one. Do you know what every great movie has? Actors, right? Actors. And, and actors, like I love, I love great actors. Tom Hanks, obviously a great actor. Um, Christian Bale, great actor. Uh, Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, any Need for Speed fans, all right. Okay, uh, great actor. A every great movie has a great actor. And, but here's what's interesting about actors. Do you know what actors are really good at? Lying. Just for a moment, think about it. Like, what an actor does is lie, act one way, they put on a face, they can, put, they can play a part, they can act a way that they do, they can portray an emotion that they don't really feel. Like, it's like, okay, it's like, all right, hey, I want you to be really angry. I can't believe you did that. I can't stand you. Cut. Okay, great. All right, try it again. I can't believe you're doing Like they, they, they are able to turn that on. That's what the actors are professional liars. Professional liars. And what Jesus, we pay these people a lot of money. We are a messed up society. Um, but what Jesus is talking about in his day, they, they were called hypocrites. Hypocrites comes from the Greek word hypocriti, which is stage actors. And they would play a part, they would play a part when the audience was there, but then when the audience went home, they were a different person. And what Jesus is going to key in on is this idea of hypocrisy. Because in Jesus' day, the Pharisees were playing a part, but it wasn't truly who they were. Christian researcher and theologian Charles Pope says this. He says, in effect, Jesus describes hypocrisy as the sad state of a person who reduces himself to being an actor on a stage because he does not know God the Father. He says, that, he goes on to say, there are many people who live their life in a desperate search for human approval and applause. They discern their dignity and worth not from God, who is in effect a stranger to them, ouch, but from other human beings, but from what other human beings think about them. They are willing to adapt themselves often in dramatic ways 
to win approval. Hence, they engage in some action in order that people may see them. What Jesus is going to do in this passage we're about to read, he's going to talk about this. He wants to key in on this. He says, I want to change. I want to change you from the inside. I want you to do the right thing the right way for the right reason. For the right reason. I don't want you to play a game. I don't want you to go through motions. I want you to be who you are for real for God, for an audience of one. So we're going to read this passage of Scripture. I'm going to kind of walk through this tease out some of these ideas, and then we're going, to, we're going to apply it to our lives, all right? So if you're ready to jump in, say, I am. Okay, let's do this. Matthew chapter 6. He says this. Be careful. Everybody say, be careful. Come on, everybody together. Say, be careful. Awesome. Uh, not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Everybody say, uh-oh. That's not good. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, just let that hit you for a second. If what you do is so other people see you, Jesus is saying, it don't count. It's disqualified, out of bounds, doesn't work. If what you're doing is so other people say, great job, then you get no reward. He says, so when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do. So again, he's taking this word that is used as a stage actor and he's comparing it to these Pharisees. And he's saying, in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. Okay, so he's basically saying there's some people who are like, who are giving in the offering. So they're giving in the offering or they're giving to help someone who's needy and they're making a big spectacle out of this. Have you ever met somebody who, do, who does this, right? He's like, oh, yeah. he's like, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if you saw what to do over there, but yeah, she needed help moving and... <laughs> I was there, I was there, I was the willing servant, or man, I just want you to know, I, you know, they talked about giving, and I did give in the offering, and it was not small, <laughs> I tell you that, it was not, in fact, I almost pulled a muscle carrying all of my donation, it was just, but I mean, hey, who am I just a servant, you know, like, that's the whole idea, it's like, you're playing a part, you're playing a part, um, or, and then he goes, but then he goes on to say, he says, but when you give to the needy, don't do that. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. You do it to make other people like you, no reward. You do it for God, and God will reward you. Verse 5. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. So the only reward they get is other people being like, wow, their prayers are so amazing. That's it. He says, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, by the way, don't keep on babbling like pagans. For they will be hurt. They think they will be hurt because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. So, so apparently, not only were they praying to be seen, you know, like, oh, making a big show out of it. I'm going to pray now. I don't know if everybody wanted to gather around and watch, but I'm going to give you quite a demonstration on how this should be done. Oh, gracious Lord of hosts. You know, and a lot of times people put an accent on just to sound a little bit more spiritual. 
you know, a little, a little British accent. Oh, gracious Lord of hosts who reigns. I beseech thee. It's like this, this shows this demonstration. It's all, look how great I am. Look how awesome I am. And, and then they just go on and keep saying things over and over again, like pagans do. Basically, he's basically saying, like, people who are trying to conjure God up, trying to, trying to, trying to, for, like, no, God doesn't need to be conjured. And what Jesus is going to key in on, and I, I don't want to give the, the surprise, what, what Jesus is going to key in on, God doesn't want to be conjured. He wants to be related to. He, he just wants to be known. He wants you to have an authentic relationship with him. And so he goes on to say, and he says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Which is a great pattern for prayer, which we'll, we're gonna talk more about prayer here soon. So I wanna... Uh, tease too much out of this. I just want to take the, the general idea of what Jesus is doing right now. He's basically saying, don't make what you do for God a show. Verse 14, for if you give other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. And then he goes, so he's hitting, now he's hitting, he's hit giving, he's hit prayer, and now he wants to talk about fasting. And when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. For they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received the reward in full. Now, this is messed up because how many know fasting ain't fun? And he's saying if you do it to try to get other people to notice how spiritual you are, you've already got your reward. That's like not worth it. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm saying? So he's saying, but when you fast, have you, I mean, have you ever seen somebody who, done, who's, who, do, who does this? Like when they're fasting, they're like, oh, it's just a rough day. Oh, what, what's going on? Oh, you know, I mean, I guess since you asked, I'll tell you I'm fasting. And he's saying, you've got, you've got your reward. He says, but when you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your father who is unseen, and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Living for an audience of one. I want to ask you, church, today. Why do you do what you do? Who are you living for? Who, who are you trying to impress the most? Who are you trying to honor the most? Is it yourself, is it others, or is it God? Because only one answer to that question will leave you genuinely satisfied and full, and it's God. Everything else will divide you and confuse you. You live for the applause of others, you'll be confused, because how many know people are fickle? They'll tell you they want one thing in one moment, then they want something different in the next. <laughs> Your own feelings are this way. So you can't live for your own feelings. You can't live for other people's feelings. You can only live for God if you want to be satisfied. And God promises to do that. I want to give you three thoughts just for a few moments, and then I want to take some time and pray about this, this, this text. Again, zooming out, looking at the big picture. Number one, God wants to reward you. Number two, God's rewards are worth getting. And number three, the path to God's rewards 
happens through relationship. I want to unpack these ideas. I want to unpack these ideas. I think we're going to walk away better. Before we do, I want you to find three people and ask them, who are you living for? Come on, find three people and say, hey, who are you living for? Who are you living for? First thing, number one, God wants to reward you. God wants to reward you. Matthew 6, 4, then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. God wants to reward you. God sees you all the time. He sees you. That's a big takeaway from this, okay? At Christmas, there's a song that we say that Santa sees us when we're sleeping and he knows when we're awake. That would be weird if Santa did, but he doesn't. You know, it's like Marge from Monsters, Inc. Or is it Marge? Is it Marge? I'm watching you, Mike Wazowski. Always watching. Praise God, she doesn't always watch. But God does. God does. That's an important thing to understand. God sees. He's everywhere, and he sees everything. He sees the way you help somebody, and nobody was around, and you weren't able to get credit for it. He sees that. He sees that. He sees when, when you're struggling with something, and you're facing a situation that's difficult, and you just go to him in prayer, and you just start praying, he sees that. He sees that. He sees like when you're like, I just want to be closer to God, and so I'm, I'm going to fast. I'm going to fast a meal, and I'm not going to tell anybody about it. I'm just going to do it so I, can, so I can be closer to the Lord. He sees that. He sees that. And he wants to reward you. That, that's what it's saying. This word reward is the Greek word apodidomai. This is amazing. And it means pay back repay, give back, restore. That, that's fantastic. This is really, really cool if you think about it. This is, this is like when someone borrows money from you and you say, hey, I'm gonna cash app you. I'm gonna Venmo you, right? Like that's what we do today. I'm gonna hit you back. I'm gonna get you back. God is saying this. When you do the right thing for the right reason, not trying to impress other people and just to honor God, to seek God and draw close to God. When you do the right thing for the right reason, God says, I will pay you back. Come on, you know that's a good deal. That's a money back guarantee. This is what Jesus is saying, I will pay you back. God will reward your heart for him and the things you do for him. This idea of reward is all over the Bible. Hebrews 11, I just wanna give you a couple verses just to give you ammo for your faith so that you can believe this. But Hebrews eleven six says this, and without faith, it is impossible to please him for whoever would draw near to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Everybody say, he's a rewarder. 
Matthew 19 says, Jesus said to them, and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. Colossians 3 says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive an inheritance as your, come on, everybody say it with me. Reward. Reward. Uh, James 1, blessed is the man who's, remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Matthew 16, for the Son of Man is coming, uh, going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and he will repay each person according to what he has done. God is a rewarder. Yeah, there's three people who are excited about that. God wants to reward you. I mean, it's just the Bible. This, this is scripture. This is scripture. God wants to reward you. God is gonna get you back. When you do the right thing for the right reason, God says, I'm gonna repay you. I'm gonna restore you. I'm gonna make sure to make you whole again. Man, that's amazing. And of course, this is, this is so fundamental to understanding about God's heart. This all comes out of his desire to bless us. God wants to bless you. As you do the right thing, he's like, I'm gonna take care of you. As you step out and you sacrifice, God says, I'm gonna restore you. I'm gonna make you whole again. God wants to be good to you because he's just good. And when he says, you do the right thing for the right reason, I'm gonna make sure I see that. I'm gonna respond to you and I'm gonna make you whole. So that's, that's the first thing. God wants to reward you. Then the second thing is God's rewards are worth getting. God's rewards are worth getting. Matthew chapter six says, then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Okay, God wants to reward us with what? Well, I mean, what is it? You're gonna pray, what is God gonna give you when you pray? You're gonna give, what is God gonna give you when you give? You're going to fast? What is God going to give you when you fast? Well, like pretty amazing things if you think about it, because God's going to give you provision. He's going to give you answered prayer. He's going to give you healing, financial blessing. He's going to give you kingdom impact. Like that's what he's going to allow you to participate in when you seek him and when you do it for the right reason. When you do the right things for the right reason, God's going to bless you. So you're gonna get financial provision. You're gonna get healing. You're gonna get answered prayer. But the greatest thing that you and I get when we start doing the right thing for the right reason, you know what the greatest thing that we get? God. It's the greatest thing we get. When you do the right thing for the right reason, do you know what starts happening in your heart? Your heart starts bending toward God. How many of you know that we have a bent in our heart towards ourself, towards the world? And when we start doing the right thing for the right reason, what ends up happening is we, we actually start bending our heart toward God. And what happens is we start seeking him for real. Not for a show, not what for so-and-so thinks, but for God. And our heart starts changing. Our hearts are changing. And what happens is we experience Jeremiah 29, which says, you will seek me and find me 
when you seek me with all of your heart. You find God. Let me just say this. God is the greatest thing that we could ever hope to find. God is the greatest answer to prayer that we could ever hope to experience. In fact, Matthew, Matthew chapter 7, we're going to cover this here in just a, a little while. But he's going to talk about, you know, in verse 9, he says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So it's like God wants to give you good gifts. So when you seek God, there's this whole thing about prayer, and I can't wait to cover it. When you seek God and you come to God with your needs, he knows what you need before you. He, we find this in uh, Matthew 6. He knows what we need before we ask him so we don't go on babbling, but we do bring our needs to him. And he responds to us, and he gives us what we need. So that's awesome. That's pretty amazing. But more than that, Luke keys in on a reality that also happens when we do this. Look at Luke's version of this. In verse, uh, chapter 11, verse 13, he says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So what he's saying is, not only is God going to give you good gifts, he's going to give you him. That's awesome. That's amazing. That's incredible. So when you seek God for the right reason, you do the right thing for the right reason for God, you get what you need and you get God, <laughs> which is by far the best thing that we could ever hope to, to experience because then you, then you get all that God brings. Listen, you get, you get God. Now, God shows up and he says, I'm going to bless you with the most important thing. I'm going to bless you with me. Now, if, like, someone came up to you and said that to you, that would be a little weird, right? Like, if some, like, whoever they are, stranger, someone's like, I'm going to bless you with the best thing you could ever hope for, me. You'd be like, bro, you got some issues. But when God does it, it's, it's incredible. When God gives you, when he blesses you with, the, with himself, it fills your soul. See, what we have a society that is looking for our soul to be filled, for looking for our soul to be satisfied, and God does it, and he does it by giving us himself. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Does that sound good to anybody? That's the stuff that fills the soul. That's the stuff that we really need. And when we seek God for the right reason, he gives it to us. That's what he gives. So how do we get these rewards? He rewards us. His rewards are worth getting. How do we get them? The path to God's rewards are through relationship. This is something that's so important to understand. What Jesus is trying to get across to us certainly in the Sermon on the Mount, but his entire ministry is that God wants relationship with us. Like a legit relationship with us. Do you see this is what he's pushing on? He doesn't just want you to do the right things just to, just to try to just work your way to him. He doesn't want you to do that. He wants you to do that because 
of relationship because it's reflective of your heart for him because you're reflecting back this great love that God has given you. And you're like, God, I'm so amazed by that. Wow, thank you for creating me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. And I wanna give that love right back to you. It's all about relationship. If you could sum up this moment in the Sermon on the Mount, you know what Jesus is trying to get across to us? Be real. Don't play games. Don't go through motions. Don't be one way at church and another way in the club. Come on, somebody. <laughs> He's saying, don't, don't come. Don't, don't Just bring those together and be real. Be real. Be who you are, genuinely, openly being like, God, I'm a mess. But I'm bringing, I'm bringing all that I am to you, and I'm asking you to do something with it. That, that's why our prayer times in church are so important. Because it's a chance for us to recalibrate. It's a chance for us corporately just to come together and to seek God and be inspired by a story or a, or a verse and come together and say, God, corporately we seek you for real. Our corporate times are important and your personal prayer times are important. Where you're just getting real with God and just saying, God, I'm struggling with this. God, I, I've got this issue going on. I'm worried about this. We're going to talk about worry here soon. Jesus is going to talk about that. But you're just being real with it and saying, God, I need you. Every hour, I need you. I, I've got to have you. Lord, I am, I'm struggling here, and I'm not going to pretend. But I'm going to be honest. Or I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to give, but I'm not going to give out of obligation. I'm going to give out of a desire to serve you and honor you and bless the kingdom. I'm going to give sacrificially, not because I have to or you're going to beat me over the head with a stick, but because you love me. And I, I'm, I want to do this from a place that is real, not trying to curry or conjure God's favor, but, but in an attempt to honor him because you already have it. That's the difference between religion and relationship. And God's trying to get that into our heart. I don't have to try to curry or earn God's favor. I just need to, I just need to be, I just need to be honest with them. It's not fake. It's not forced. It's familial. It's familial. Family. You know, I think about, um, I think about Jesus when he called Peter to follow him. And Peter had had just a rough day fishing, like just a bad day. How many of you ever had a bad day at work? And Jesus shows up at the end of his bad day. <laughs> and he says, hey, how's that going? Peter's like, not real great. Thanks for asking. He's like, well, and then he does this miracle for him. He's like, why don't you throw your nets on the other side? Miracle catch a fish. Then he's like, now why don't you leave all of that and come follow me? And so Peter does. He starts following Jesus. And so the other disciples as well, they start following Jesus. Jesus shows up to their various things. He says, come follow me. And then as he's about to go to the cross, he gets them together for one final pep talk. And he says, Watch this, John chapter 14. John 14, 15, and 16 are amazing. Watch this. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me, 
will do the works I've been doing, and, and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. That's pretty amazing. Do greater things than Jesus, and you can ask God for anything, and he's going to do it if you ask in the, in the name of Jesus. Why? How? How is all of this happening? Because something that Jesus keys in on in John chapter 15, he says this, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. Do you believe that? Because that's how God views you. God wants you to be, he, he, certainly he wants you to follow him. Certainly he wants you to understand that he's God and that he's Lord and that he's worthy of everything, but do you know how he wants the relationship to look like? Like a friendship. Jesus himself says, I call you friends. Do you look at God like that? Because if not, God wants to blow your mind. He wants to change the game for you. So you start looking at God as a friend and a friend is someone that you're comfortable with, right? Someone that you could truly, you could kick back, you can be honest with. You can just be like, hey, I'm struggling with this, I'm, I'm dealing with that, or like, I'm really upset about this. I'm disappointed by that. And a friend is gonna sit there and listen to you and talk you through it and work through it with you and help you. That's what Jesus wants to be for us. Do you look at him like that? Because that will drive every aspect of your relationship with him. And Jesus says, I want you to be, I want you to be my friend and I want to be your friend. Out of respect, he's Lord. Out of appreciation, he is Savior. And out of love, because he is our friend. Are you, are you playing a part? Are you going through motions? Or are you, are, are you, are you, are you, are you playing an, an, an actor game? Or are you saying, God, I let you in. I'm gonna be real with you. I want you to have every part of me. I want, you to come, I want you to come in and I want you to have every part of my life. That's what Jesus is trying to get across to us. And when we do that, we find the overflowing life that he gives. Amen? Amen. Would you stand with me and pray? I just want to take a moment ask our prayer team to come. I just want to take, I want to take a few moments and just and really just let this, this message process into our hearts for real. Can we do that? Can we just process? I just want to ask you, are you a friend? Are you, are you and God friends right now? Or is he distant? Are you really good at praying but not really good at praying? Has it become all about appearances when God's trying to zero in and and get your heart? Can we just take a few moments? Just take a few moments in the presence of God and just say, God, I I, I want to do business with you. I want to be your friend. Come on, church. Let's take a moment. Father, we just thank you. We thank you that, God, you don't require us to be perfect in our prayers. 
you don't require us to be perfect in, in all of the things we do and say. You just want us to be real and authentic and genuine. Not for a show, but for you because you've loved us, because you've changed us. God, we want to respond to that. We want to respond to that. And we want to be, we want, we want that relationship that you give us. So in this moment, God, I pray that you would help us to be sincere, to be open, to be genuine, not to put on a facade, not to try to be cute, but just to be real before you and to let you come in and change everything about us. We desire you, Lord. We desire you, God. We seek you. We seek you first. We seek you most. We pray that you'd help us to find you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to take a moment. God's here. God wants to meet with us. And I want to invite you, if you don't know the Lord, in a personal way, to make a decision to follow him. If you're here today and you're saying, man, Scott, this is speaking right to me. I don't know God. Or I knew God at one time, but I have gone my own way. God is here, and he wants you to know him. And it's as simple as saying yes. It's as simple as those early disciples did. They just followed. They just moved in his direction, and he began to change them for real. If that's you and you're saying, man, this is speaking right to me, I want to make a decision whether it be for the first time or for the first time in a long time, you're saying, I need to make a decision to follow Christ. We want to pray for you and believe God to do something powerful in your life. Would you just raise your hand all across this place and say, that's me. I need to make a decision to follow Jesus. Just hold your hand up. I want to see it. Going up all, all across this place, just hold it up and say, that's me. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. Just over there, awesome. Somebody else, just say, that's me. Back there, amazing. God's going to do something great in your life. I just want to pray for every person. One more, one, one more call before we pray. Back here, amazing. It's awesome. Over here, awesome. Father, I thank you for every person who is reaching out to you right now. I pray that God, in this moment, this moment of prayer, that they would, they would give you their heart. They would begin to follow you. And they would make a decision to make you the centerpiece of their life. That you would change them from the inside out. And that, God, you would, do all, you would do that with all of us. You would do that with all of us. And, Father, we, we just, we welcome you. We ask you to have your way. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So many hands went up. We're so proud of you, church. Come on, can we give a hand for every person who raised their hand? So great. Truly, truly. It's, the, it, it's literally, it's not, it's the best by far thing you could ever do. Just because it's what we're made for, following God. And we want to pray with you. If there's someone who raised their hand, you want prayer. Or if you have a need in your body, you know, we, we, test, we had a testimony of answered prayer and healing. We want to pray and believe God to do something powerful. But all of us, so come down front as we begin to sing, if you, if you want that. For all of us, can we just take a moment and respond to God? Say, God, I want to pursue you. I want to know you passionately. Let's, let's, let's take a few moments as we sing. Worship team can come. Let's just begin to sing. Let's just begin to welcome God into this place and let our follow be about friendship right now. And let's, let's take some time. Let's worship.